This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. One of the things I know many of us have in common is that we want to have a freedom lifestyle, to live and work anywhere we want. But the hardest thing to do is start, especially when you don't have a job that will allow you to be location independent. The fastest and easiest way to begin is to teach abroad. Don't have experience teaching, you say? Well, no worries. I found a great company that can help you start your new adventure. CIEE provides teaching English as a foreign language certification that will give you the right tools to earn money while traveling, all while making an impact on the local communities. Courses begin every two weeks, so get started today. For more information, visit CIEE.org slash OBL. I can't wait to see you start living your location-independent lifestyle today. This week, I speak with Sierra Demler, who is a freelance virtual assistant and social media manager. Born and raised in California, Sierra decided to move across the country 10 years ago to New York City. Before becoming a full-time freelancer, Sierra faced many obstacles to figure out what she really wanted to do with her life. From countless of health scares to recently being laid off from work, Sierra has overcome many difficulties and continues to navigate her way around a newly found opportunity to become a full-time freelancer. Sierra has learned that opportunities come from many different places and even from negative situations. On this episode, Sierra shares how to use the right skills to market as a virtual assistant and how to find life-changing opportunities in the worst situations. Sierra is such a great friend of mine. She has helped me grow the podcast. She shares so many valuable tips on this show, so I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I do. Hey, Sierra. Hey, Debbie. (laughs) Thank you for having me in your lovely home and cooking for me. You're the first guest ever who cooked for me. That's good. That's good. You should get cooked for more often, honestly. I think so, too. (laughs) So Sierra and I met through Instagram. We did. And we became friends. And it's pretty obvious why I I am interviewing her today because she's so awesome. (laughs) And she's really amazing. So we met through social media. I've been mentioning this a lot, how social media is not just about the numbers. It's actually the connections you make with people. And we have met so many different people because of each other. And we've helped so much each other as well as our friends. You're one of the people that has actually helped me with the podcast and with everything else. So everything that you're saying today is so valuable to me. So hopefully we can give other people the same value that you've given me to, Sierra. Oh, that's so sweet. What an intro. I don't know where to go with that, but thank you. I totally agree, though. I think the like connections that I've made on social media have been definitely the most important part to me. And I feel like some of my closest friends are people I met like through Instagram and stuff, which is crazy. It's pretty insane how now most of the people we hang out with are people from social media, specifically yeah. Instagram. Yeah. We've even traveled to California together and we lasted 12 hours on a road trip. <laughs> we sure did. And we didn't kill each other. No, so that was the impressive part. <laughs> yeah, it was 12 hours and we didn't kill each other. And then we stayed at a hotel together. This was like a long (laughs) we did and we ordered thai food into the hotel room because we're lazy 
Yeah. No, it's crazy. We we complement each other. Yeah. yeah. I don't like to plan. Sierra does, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I know what happened, Sierra. We ordered Thai food and I fell asleep <laughs> while I was eating. <laughs> it's true. No, actually what happened was they came to the door, delivered the food, and Debbie was sleeping. And I said, do you want to eat something? And she goes, uh-huh. And then I put the food next to her. She rolled over and took a few bites and then rolled back over and fell asleep, like, with the food by her. So, real classy. Now everyone knows you're a bed eater. <laughs> so, Sierra just shared um, our little secret Sorry. <laughs> together. Sorry. So, Sierra, you have done so many things already with your life. Can you tell us why you have an offbeat life? Well, something recently has kind of forced me into having a more offbeat life, I would say. But even before then... I was already really investing into my blog, like a lot of time and effort and even money. Over the past like couple years, I've really focused a lot on Instagram and then onto the blog. And it's really given me like a different perspective on what I could kind of do with my life and with all the like creative energy that I have that wasn't really going anywhere before. Yeah, I mean, I can get into what happened recently if you want me to. <laughs> But uh, the gist of it is that my whole department got downsized that I was working at. I was working at a startup and it completely got eliminated. Um, My whole team got eliminated. And so that was really unexpected. And so I wasn't ready for it at all. And I was just kind of forced into trying to make this whole like blog and offbeat situation work for me so I'm I'm navigating that so I'm trying to figure that out and uh it's exciting and it's terrifying it's so different when you talk to someone who chose to do this and they planned it out maybe months sometimes even years and you have been wanting to actually leave your job before and do blogging and all of these other things creative things that you've been doing but not at the time that you had expected. What was that like when they told you that happened? I think my first reaction was just sheer panic (laughs) because I was like, oh my God, I am not prepared for this financially, mentally, emotionally. This is terrifying. But at the same time, I kind of felt it coming. And so it wasn't a huge shock to me. Honestly, it just kind of propelled me into figuring out what I wanted. And I think the first thing that I kind of did was tell people, which may sound counterintuitive to some people. They're like, oh, that's too personal. Why would you tell somebody you just lost your job? But I was like, I have a lot of people that I trust that are friends who could be supportive and possibly give me job leads or hire me or whatever. And because of that, I was like, this seems like the best idea is just to kind of be honest about it and say like, hey, Now I'm looking for work. This is what I can do for you. Is there anything I can help you with? And a lot of people said yes. I think just kind of jumping into it that way and just being super upfront and being like, this is what's going on. And do you have anything for me? And is there anything that, you know, I can help you out with? That was a huge immediate stepping stone for me. And I remembered when you told all of us, the all of your friends who we all met through social media and Instagram, and everybody was just so helpful, and they were trying to get other people to help you out, and 
so now Sierra is actually working with me and she has been such an asset, like I said, to my podcast because everything that I can't do now, Sierra is handling them. And because we're such good partners (laughs) and you know what it's like, Sierra, to find someone to work with you and you just don't mesh well together or they don't do the right work. And I feel like with Sierra, she does everything and I don't even need to tell her anything, which is perfect. (laughs) The way you did this, you just told everybody, there's a lot of people, there's a sense of shame sometimes or or fear of talking to somebody about it but you were so great and you would be really surprised how many people are so supportive and want to help you out for sure yeah I wasn't necessarily surprised because I know that my friends are good and that they're like there for me and I think that I knew because I knew that I felt more comfortable sharing but I have to say I was like definitely surprised by how far people went they were like here let me connect you with this person or let me introduce you to that person or whatever and that was hugely helpful you are going through this right now it's still really fresh so this is the best time to ask you all of these questions especially for someone who's thinking about doing this as well maybe they're going through the same situation as you or maybe they've been planning it but once you knew this was going to happen what were the first steps that you took to actually start doing it so I think I sort of refocused my energy way more onto the blog which at current is starting to make me money. I don't, I'm not on an ad network yet, but I'm getting really close to being able to do that and taking on more like sponsored work and just kind of like putting feelers out and seeing what's available. That was a huge step for me. And then just like reaching out to people and saying, Hey, what can I do for you? I think the main thing for me was figuring out what skills I had to market to other people who needed them, you know, cause there's a lot of things that I thought, oh, like maybe I'm not that great at this or maybe I don't know enough or whatever. And then I'd see other people offering their services, charging way more than me who were doing it for like three months and didn't have half of the knowledge that I did. And I was like, oh, I can (laughs) I can totally do this because I am super honest about like what I can do and what I can't do. And I'm very um, self-sufficient and I can research things and figure them out, but I'm not ever going to lie to somebody and be like, oh, sure, I can code your whole website. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just really honest with myself and with like potential clients, like here's my skill set. And my skill set happens to be a lot of things that people need done for them. So that's a good match. And because I know a lot of bloggers and a lot of photographers and writers and stuff, it's kind of like it seems to be working out and I haven't even really like fully pitched people yet. Just a few, like just people that I've known like from Instagram and stuff and friends in real life. So yeah, I'm still kind of figuring that out, but I think my initial steps were just sort of be honest with myself, um, reach out to other people and kind of refocus my energy mentally and realize that if I wanted to make it work, I really had to try hard. It's a lot. It's a lot of hours and it's a lot of mental energy and a lot of turning plans down. (laughs) So yeah, if you want it, you really have to hustle for it. 
And we always see all of these different posts online, the pretty pictures of how it looks really fabulous and amazing. And then you get to the reality of it and you're actually working 10 times more than you were at your day job. And you're always hustling because now you have to go after the money. You have to go after the sponsors. You have to make sure that your business is running well because you're working for yourself. So this is not for everybody. I know it looks glamorous, but it's not for everyone. (laughs) Definitely not glamorous. I would say that anybody that I've talked to who does this full time and has kind of launched into it, they know how much work it is, but they're still happier doing it than they would be at their nine to five or whatever. And I think if you know, or if you even just have an inkling that you might be that type of person who can really just grind it out and like really hustle and really connect with people. I think that you should try. Like there's no harm in trying, you know, obviously there's financial things to take into consideration. There's a lot of things that you have to think about, but for me right now, I'm just sort of feeling it out and seeing if it's possible. And it feels like it is going to be possible for me to make a living doing this, like as a freelance person. That doesn't mean it's not difficult though. Um, It definitely is. And it's stressful and it's hard, but at the end of the day, it's like, I would rather be working and doing this for like 20 hours a day, which I'm not by the way, but I sleep. I would rather be doing that than just a monotonous job where I'm getting paid a set amount per hour and I can't make more than that. And it's like, with this, I can really get as much as I want done and make the amount of money that I want just by like really trying and really going after stuff. I think that's what's really enticing to me is I can like create my own hours and work from wherever I want. And that part has always been really appealing to me. There's no set limits unless you do that for yourself and which is really great and why we all love this type of lifestyle and why we try to achieve it. And hopefully we do it successfully. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I think a lot of people fail because they're scared and they just don't know how to go for it. And I don't even, I'll be totally honest. I don't know if it's going to work out for me either, but I feel like I have a really good shot. And I think that because I feel so passionate about it right now and the opportunities keep presenting themselves and I have the time and space to kind of go after it and try really hard and see what happens I feel like I might as well and you have the opportunity to do it Mm -hmm. and we're never going to be this young and with not as much responsibility (laughs) especially if you know that like you want to have kids or you want to get married or whatever you want to do with your life I think that knowing that this might be your last shot or this might be the time when you can sort of set yourself up for success in the future, that's really motivating to me because I personally would love to build up my business, be making great money and doing what I love and then sort of settle down, have a family, have kids. Like that's always been really important to me. And I want to be able to be bringing in income while I'm being a mom and being a wife and all that stuff because I'm a super like independent lady, but that doesn't mean I don't want like cute babies running around. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how do I set myself up for that success in the future? You really went after it. You were given this obstacle and you just went for it and you have clients and it's only been what, a few weeks, two or three weeks. I think about three weeks, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. 
maybe not even, but it feels like it's been forever. A lot has happened in the past few weeks and it's kind of wild. Doors, as cliche as it sounds, like doors keep opening without me really trying too hard. And so I feel like when I really am trying, then even more things will pop up. And so that's why I feel like I'm not feeling that intense sense of stress and anxiety is because I'm like, okay, well, if things are already showing up for me and it seems like it's a good move and that things seem to be working out and leaning in that direction, I feel like I might as well go all in and see what I can make of it. That is such a great attitude. And then there's also things for you to look forward to. So many things that you weren't able to do before, now you're able to because of this new lifestyle that you have, which is really awesome. So your day, how does it look like now that you're a freelancer? You still were location independent because you were uh, working for a startup and you were able to work here in New York, but the startup was in California. And so you were doing that, but how is it different now that you're working for yourself? I feel like I just have so much more freedom to like structure my day in the way that I want it. And I'm still figuring out what works for me and what doesn't. And like, you know, in terms of a routine, I'm still figuring all that out. And I think it's tricky because you're the boss and you're the one trying to set that sort of expectation for yourself. Nobody's asking you to clock in and clock out. You're just working until it's done. And so I think what my day looks like now is it just kind of depends. Some days I'm up at like 8 a.m. and then getting to work pretty quickly. I pretty much just roll right out of bed or sometimes I'll work in bed because I'm too lazy, but that's the beauty of it. Like I can, and nobody will judge me, but yeah, if I like have phone calls or whatever, like sometimes that happens, but for the most part, it's just me just working away all day long. And so it's nice because I can work for a chunk of time in the morning and then take time off for like lunch. And I don't have to eat in like 10 seconds while I'm working my shift on my computer. And I could take time off to go like do an appointment or run errands or whatever I need to do. I feel like it's more work in general, which sometimes overwhelming for sure. But I think the flexibility and the freedom of being able to sort of structure my day however I want is really nice and I love it so much. And it's such a great feeling when even though you're working so much, it's work that you really want to do and you're passionate about. So that's a huge difference from when you're working for somebody else's dream than when you're working for your own dream because you will work all the hours that time can allow you, but <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so different. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's really true. I would work 24 hours a day if I physically could because I don't mind this work. Like this is stuff that is getting me closer to what I want. And just like you said, like you're working for your own dream and not someone else's. And that's the biggest kind of pivot for me because I felt like I wasn't really going anywhere. I was just doing a job for somebody and it didn't really matter. It was just kind of a clock in, clock out. Nobody really cares. Whereas this, it's like this can be as important and as interesting and creative as I make it. So it's really just up to me, which is scary, but also really exciting. I like that a lot. Sounds really exciting, Sierra. (laughs) You have been through so much in your life, what has been the biggest setback that you have encountered and how did you deal with it? Okay, this is getting deep. 
I would say, I was just talking to my friend about this the other day, and this is a pretty obvious one for me. So when I was a teenager, I ended up having, well, I was enrolled in college. So I was doing sort of independent study and I was enrolled at the local college. So I was getting like double credit while I was in high school. And I was 19 and I think I just started full time at college. And I had to have four back-to-back surgeries in seven months. And so I had to have all these surgeries. And a couple of them were planned, but the recovery period was much more difficult than I thought, more difficult than my surgeons thought and all this stuff. So what ended up happening was I kept having to drop out of school. And that school was always the thing that I was really good at. And so I think the challenge for me was sort of keeping my head up and just knowing that I could weather that and sort of figure out how to get back into the groove of school and keep going even when it was really, really difficult. Because it was hard because I felt like I kept getting back on the horse, trying to recover from the procedures and then... I would not heal up properly. My body would not, just wasn't doing great. And so I kept having to have emergency surgeries and dropping out of classes. And it was just super frustrating. And I think I, it made me reevaluate my career path. Like I was planning to be a nurse and it made me completely reevaluate that. And um, it led me more to the music industry, which is what I ended up getting my degree in. And it led me to moving to New York. So all in all, it was a good thing. For you to be so young and to experience all of that, that's a huge deal. And it completely changed your whole life. Obviously, it's not as big of a setback as when you were 19 and you had to do all of those surgeries. But now this is also something that you really didn't expect. And who knows where you're going to go from here, from your life before to wanting to become a nurse and now this and focusing on social media and your blog and all of those things. It's so interesting where life takes you when things start to pivot and things that you don't expect where it actually leads you. And a lot of times it could lead you to something really positive and unexpected. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of those sort of moments in my life. And I've always wondered if other people had it easier because they just knew what they wanted to do by, you know, by the time they were 10, they were like, I'm going to be a doctor. And so that's all they ever worked towards. And I feel like I've had a lot of those sort of pivot moments where I've been like, okay, this isn't, this doesn't feel right anymore and I've worked really hard to get here, is it okay if I change my mind? And I think in our society, that's not really accepted generally. People are like, pick your thing and stick with it, and if you don't stick with it, you're a failure. And that's not true. Like, most people really change their mind a lot, and they change careers, and they move, and they do all kinds of stuff. And I think it's not really talked about or encouraged. Like, you're not encouraged to find what you love. You're just encouraged to, like, find a job, do the job, do it well, go home, do it over again tomorrow. And that's, I don't think what a lot of us are built for. Like some of us, it makes sense. And some of us, like it works. But for most people, I don't think that's something that they're loving every day is that grind and that inability to like have a sort of creative life however that may look. I don't think we're meant to just do one thing with our life. There has to be growth and there's things that you can do. You're capable of doing more than one thing in your life. And honestly, that makes you more interesting that way. The people that I admire the most are people who have a lot of different interests and different skill sets. They've tried a lot of different things, lived a lot of different places. I think that's really 
fascinating. And I think they're way more interesting than people who just get stuck in that rut and feel like they can't do more than one thing with their life. That's not to say that people who do that are wrong or bad. I think that it's really taught in our culture that that's a good thing. Sticking with your one thing and not questioning kind of the status quo. That's good in the eyes of like American society. (laughs) But I think more and more people are realizing that that doesn't fulfill them and it doesn't make them happy. And so I love seeing people branch out and just try new things, even when it's scary as heck. It's scary for me right now. I still don't know what's going to happen, but I'm like trusting that something's going to work out and I'm trying my hardest to work my butt off and make things happen. Really, that's what we should do with our life is to question what we're doing as we're going through with it, because we don't want to just be a robot just going through life every single day doing the same thing. And we don't know why we're doing this. If you're starting to question what you're doing, then maybe you should look towards something else. So, Sierra, you have a lot of friends. Everybody loves you. (laughs) Not true. No, I'm just kidding. I have so many enemies. What has been the worst advice that you have ever received? I would say that it's kind of related to my last answer, which was stick with something and not in a don't be responsible kind of a way. Even with the example of like reading a book or something, people often say like, even if you don't like the book, keep reading it. Just finish the book. Don't be a quitter. Finish the book. And I feel like that applies on like a grand scale to your life. If you don't like the way that it's going, don't stick with it. (laughs) Do be brave enough to try and change it. And don't let other people tell you that you're a quitter if you decide to try something new. Because I think a lot of people have that mentality that like you, if you didn't stick with it, you suck. (laughs) And you're like a worthless human being who can't stick with anything. And that's not true. I mean, I think that it takes a lot of different kinds of people to make the world an interesting place. So whatever end of the spectrum you fall on, whether that's routine oriented, doing the same thing every day for 20 years and loving your life, or that's something completely opposite to that where you're like being a digital nomad and you're like doing something new every single day. I think that you should just like go with your gut. So I think sticking with it is not always the best advice. And also it's knowing when you should stop. When should you should leave because you don't want to stay at something when there's really no point at it and there's really nothing to prove if you can do something that's more worthwhile for yourself. How are you able to finance this new freelance lifestyle that you have now? That's a great question. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. I think that some people are super responsible and they have a ton of savings and that's great. That wasn't me. So I have just basically been hustling to do as much as I can. I have been, this is some real talk right here. I'm selling my instruments, things that I don't need anymore. You know, stuff that's like cluttering up my space, (laughs) clothes, like all that stuff. I've really changed my mindset and realized that I may have to get creative when it comes to making things sustainable. 
obviously that's not something that's like paying my rent, but I think that reaching out to people and getting a lot of like virtual assistant work, that's been super helpful and just kind of like continuing on that path of pitching people, trying to get more sponsored work for the blog. And my plan is to start pitching like larger companies so that I can do um, social media management for them which is more sort of reliable than just working with individual bloggers, you know, a ton at a time. So I'm still kind of figuring that out. But as of right now, it's pretty much just I'm living off of the money that I had saved, which was not like a ton, but it was enough to get me through for um, a couple months. And then just kind of figuring out where to go from there. Like, I'm trying not to panic. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. And it's hard. It's definitely hard. I'm not going to lie. And I try to be smart about the money that I do have and not just blow it all. Because obviously when you're stressed, all you want to do is like go shopping, go to the movies, go out to eat. You want to ignore your reality. (laughs) But obviously you can't do that when you have limited funds. So I think having money coming in immediately was a relief even if it wasn't enough to pay all my bills, at least it was something positive coming in. And so I think just picking up jobs like really quickly, even though they were small, has been super helpful for me mentally in being like, okay, I got this. Like I can get more of these. This is not the end of the world. Like I'm not going to run out of money. I'm just going to figure it out. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of how that's working for me. Um, and obviously I'm still, still navigating it. It's pretty amazing what we're capable of when we're put into certain situations that we didn't expect. So now you're hustling, you're doing all of these things we didn't even think we're capable of. So change can be really good in, in a way, in a lot of ways, especially for people who are afraid of change and so you can't see this right now, but Sierra's pointing at herself. I am indeed. That is me pointing at myself. Yes. And when you're pushed into that situation and you have no choice, you really have to do whatever you can to survive. You're in survival mode and you have no choice but to do it. And then so many things come out of it. So many positive things, uh, some negative things as well. But for the most part, you grow as a person because of that. And that's what we're remembered for in the end is is through all of the obstacles that we've actually come up from. Achieving your goals and your dreams is really hard. We all know that. And you are placed in a lot of stressful situations. How do you handle stress and anxiety when you have to handle that? For me... Anxiety has been a part of my life for many years. So that means that my brain is kind of like programmed to respond to stress in a very intense way, even when it's not like a life-threatening situation. So if you have anxiety, you know how that feels and it sucks. And so I think for me, what's really key is just being honest with myself. Sometimes I'll wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to have a great day. This is great. And the day is fine. And then other days I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't handle it today. And it's just like a wash. Like the whole day is kind of a wash. But I think just trying to navigate those the best that I can, taking the time to really assess what's going on and see if there's anything I can do to like lighten my load, take things off my to-do list or put things on my to-do list that will help me feel better. Checking things off that are easy 
that's a big one for me. Um, if I can check off a lot of items on my to-do list, even if they're simple, it's really motivating for me. So I think that helps relieve a lot of stress and anxiety for me. If I just know that I'm continuing to get stuff done instead of just being in like a black hole of despair where you're just like, I'm too overwhelmed. This is too much. Trying to find what helps you because it's really individual. It's personal for sure. We see this now in media. There's a lot of really big names who have committed suicide. Everyone's life looks really great and it looks really appealing how successful certain people are, but we don't know what's behind closed doors. We don't know what they're going through individually, specifically. So asking for help is really scary sometimes, but it's a step that we need to make if we really need it because no one's going to be able to help you if you don't ask for it. And sometimes certain people hide it really well and they could look really happy and that could be a mask and it's really sad what's been happening. And I think I've become even more open about my own personal struggles over the past few years just because I feel like every time people are open with me and honest with me, it really helps me feel less alone. And it feels like, you know, okay, I'm not the only one who's struggling. That's really relieving. <laughs> Thank goodness. Like, okay, I can ask for some assistance. And I think because, especially at the time in our lives right now, there's a lot of changes that's happening and it can be really stressful and there's a lot of anxiety and it's just, honestly, it's part of life. That's what we have to go through. But you know, there are certain things that it does get too overwhelming. Yeah. And it is nice to have someone, whether it's a therapist or just a really good friend, to be able to listen to you. Or, like you said, people who know what you're going through and they've been there, not obviously exactly what you're going through, but they know what it's like to feel really overwhelmed and stressed or sad um, or even worse than that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really the key is just not blocking it out and like trying to push past it. So yeah, I think that's kind of the the key is just staying really open with yourself. I think more than anything and honest with yourself. And that's the scariest thing because we tend to try to fool ourselves and <laughs> try to push it under the rug and it just becomes worse and it becomes a mountain from nothing. So if you need the help, definitely ask for it. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and... <laughs> That's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> and you're looking back at your life. What legacy do you want to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh my God. That is a big question. <laughs> what I want to be remembered for is being a good person, <laughs> hopefully, being a kind person. And also because I want to be a parent, like raising good people. I know that sounds kind of, it's kind of undervalued parenting and being a mom and stuff, especially if you're like a fierce feminist and you're like, I don't have to have kids, whatever. Like not everyone has to have kids, but the people who do, I feel like they should do a really good job at it. <laughs> and so I'm like, if I'm going to have kids, I want to do a really good job. So I think for me, just helping raise a person who's really empathetic, kind, good, and like contributing to society <laughs> That, I feel like, will be a really big accomplishment for me, um, whether it's one person, two people, like, however many kids I have, <laughs> I want to, like, adopt. So there's all these different things that I want to do related to family. But in terms of um, my own sort of personal legacy, I think really just what it come down, comes down to for me is 
just I want people to think about me in a positive way and not in like an ego boosting way, but just like in a, okay, she wasn't a terrible person. (laughs) She did some good. I don't know. I think it's just kind of a basic wish, but I feel like everybody wants that. Well, you're already starting that. So Sierra, you'll be all good. Let's get to some fun questions. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing, inspiring people like you, hiking and traveling, of course. What about you, Sarah? What do you nerd out on? Lots of Netflix. (laughs) Planning trips. I really love to plan. So spreadsheets. I love a good spreadsheet. I know this is real nerdy, but you asked for it. So yeah, I used to, in my final year of school, I spent so much of my time in class on my laptop planning out my two-month Europe vacation that everyone thought I was, like, working really hard. And they would catch a glimpse of my spreadsheet and be like, why are you writing down what you're going to do in Rome in, like, two years? Like, I don't understand. So, yeah, definitely planning planning and spreadsheets. I really love organizing. I love cleaning. I'm a typical Virgo. I just love when things are tidy and like clean and feel good and nice and smell nice. What else? Bath and Body Works candles. Really love those. (laughs) No, um, I'm just a basic, basic girl. You know, I love Target. I really love Target. Target and Netflix. But I would say the number one thing in terms of like kind of hobbies is I really, really love British or just UK in general based female led crime dramas. (laughs) And I know that's very specific, but stuff like Broadchurch and like those kind of shows, I really, really love them. And I can blow through those in like a couple days. (laughs) I'm not proud of it, but that's, you ask for it. So If you can see Sierra's eyes right now, the passion coming out, just exuding so much passion coming from. That's so embarrassing. Oh my God. Like spreadsheets and Netflix. Yes. You know, that reminds me. So usually every year I take about a month or two off. And I just travel. And you and I are so different because honestly, I know where to go right I know where I'm going but I don't usually plan a flight back home because what I would do is I usually would go to when I would go to Europe I would stay with my friend in in uh, London and then I would literally book a flight somewhere else a day or two in advance and I don't know where I'm going so you and I are so different my eyes are so wide right now and I'm clutching my chest I just need you to know that listeners I know I just I'm giving Sierra a heart attack right now yeah I never usually know where I'm going because I hate to plan for you that'll make me feel better if I know where you are (laughs) Sierra wants to keep tabs on me (laughs) where's Debbie (laughs) if you were given a one minute ad slot in the Super Bowl and you can't sell it (laughs) what would you fill it with I'd probably do some sort of humanitarian charity type ad or maybe like a short documentary like a one minute documentary on like a humanitarian crisis or something I don't know I don't know this is a very difficult question some sort of something that would do good what has been the most unusual job you have ever done and what did you learn from it 
Well, unusual for me, I was a barista slash waitress slash cashier slash hostess at this farm to table restaurant in Chelsea when I first moved to New York because I was desperate for money. And my dear friend Leslie was the manager, I think, of the restaurant at the time. And so she hired me. I was terrible. I mean, I wasn't terrible at my job, but I just am not meant for restaurant work. And I like got severely injured because I poured scalding hot water all over my arm during a shift. I served a lot of salads to the lead singer of R.E.M., which I didn't realize was him. Jude Law came in a lot with his children. That I definitely realized was happening. It was very stressful. That was probably the most unusual job just because it was like a very celebrity laden area of Chelsea. And I was stressed out all the time, (laughs) not just because I had to handle everything in the restaurant, but also because there were celebrities coming in and out all the time. (laughs) It was a little bit intense. So I was not good at that. So I think what I learned from that was fake it till you make it. I really didn't know what I was doing and I had to fake it. (laughs) I had to really, really, really fake it. I think we still do that every single day. Yeah. Fake it till you We're make it. it. That's a big lesson that I've learned over the past like few years is that nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> like no one knows. Even the people who look like they know what they're doing, they really, really don't. Like <laughs> definitely don't. I'm, I feel like Beyonce knows what she's doing. But other than that, no one else. No one else. Of course Beyonce knows what she's yeah. doing. <laughs> Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-altering or life-changing meeting you have ever encountered? I spent like a week in Cinque Terre, like almost by myself, almost the entire time. I would go into the same stores on a daily basis to like pick stuff up. One of the guys in the stores who was super Italian, barely spoke any English, was so patient with me and like really helped me with my Italian and just wanted to like chat back and forth. I understood enough of what he was saying to know that he was like a nice person who was like asking about my family and what did I do and like how old was I and where was I from and all this stuff, stuff that he knew I could answer. That doesn't even seem like a huge encounter, but to me, as cliche and as corny as this sounds, I feel like it's all of those little meetings with people that are just like everyday routine sort of connections that you make with people in other cultures and other places that sort of all add up into you feeling better about the world. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've sort of learned through my travels is that most people are inherently good, kind, and like want to help. People are genuinely good. And I think um, a lot of us, especially people who live in big cities, can get really cynical about everyone sucking. <laughs> and it, yeah, we're surrounded by people who are challenging. And I think just being surrounded by a lot of people in general means that your perspective gets a little bit skewed. Um, and so I think traveling kind of brings you out of that and makes you more aware that like there's a lot of different types of people and a lot of them are really good. Again, it's going back to getting out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in situations that you may not have had ever if you had stayed in that same spot. So learning so much from other people and the way they live, especially living here in New York City, it's so busy and it's really overwhelming. Going down in a different country, talking to locals and actually enjoying a conversation is so meaningful. It can be so meaningful in so many ways. 
What are you working on today, Sierra, that's really exciting for you? Banana bread. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. The banana bread is done. We took a break and I took it out of the oven just in case anyone was wondering. The big thing that I'm working on today is this massive USA collab post. It's like a USA bucket list post for my blog. And I'm actually really excited about it <laughs> because I got a lot of really cool submissions from other bloggers and other people that I really love the writing of. And so it's been really fun putting that together and I think it's going to do really well. So I'm just excited to see how that goes. And I also haven't written new post in like three weeks. <laughs> so I'm just excited to like get more new content out. And I just have a lot of posts on my queue that I need to finish writing. All kinds of fun stuff that I actually enjoy doing. So yeah, just like a lot of a lot of little things, but um but good stuff. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at passportvoyager.com, at passportvoyager on Instagram where I don't post as often as I should, but I still keep up with everybody. Or on Facebook, same thing, Passport Voyager. Or on Pinterest, Passport Voyager. Or on Twitter, Passport Voyager. Pretty much everywhere, it's all the same. Yeah, I was real lucky to get that handle all over the place. That's really convenient for us, too. And you have to check out Sierra's blog because it's so beautiful, all of her Pinterest. I mean, it's it's so nice. <laughs> Thank you, Sierra, for having me here today, for cooking for me. And um, I can smell the banana bread. It smells so good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. This has been so fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Sierra. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Sierra where she shares how to use your time efficiently as a freelancer. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.